This is the GPL Podcast from GoForPuckLive.com. Live from the Frozen Four in Tampa Bay, here's Jupiter and Vigo. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast, episode number 239, live from Amelie Arena. I'm here with Mike Graham joining us real quickly here. Yeah, hello. And of course, Todd Molesky from Wisconsin State Journal. Grammar. I noticed you've been jumping on the hockey bandwagon I, I am recently. On, yes. I just met you a couple weeks ago, yeah. but we've kind of back, gone back and forth on Twitter yeah, for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, how are you liking this hockey thing? Well, You're I'm, not going to take over the voice, are no, you? God, no, God, no. Nobody, one, nobody would want that. Uh, they would not want me trying to describe hockey. They have enough trouble following basketball and football when I do those games. Um, but uh, I, I have gotten on the bandwagon for a guy that grew up in the state of Iowa and did sportscast for nine years there and never gave one hockey score in nine years um and then moved to st louis and went to a few blues games and covered that dressing room and now now yeah i'm 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 fully on the bandwagon it it, it really is a fun sport and uh, you know I, when the what, schedule fits i i, I hit Mariucci once quite you get often. a bug yeah, it yeah, kinda, no question. and todd you're back on hockey for a little bit. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> we're happy to have you. Um, we were going to have you anyway because we knew you'd come down because you're it's covering. Nice of you. You're hovering. You're covering for USCHO this week. Yep. Since they kind of took you off of hockey, well, they didn't. The, the State Journal. State yes, Journal. Well, that's what I meant. The, the State Journal. Right. Did. I don't want to get those lines. Oh wrong. gosh, no. <laughs> definitely different entities yes, there. Definitely. And then we're thinking, oh, we'll just have you on. It'll be fun. But then. Some actual news out of Madison happened. A little bit. You get a new coach. You you lose a coach. Granada, we mm-hmm. kind of knew that was coming. Yes. And now uh, you stole the Mankato coach. <laughs> I saw someone, I forget who it was, tweeting that uh, um, the, the one of us that Mike Hastings has yeah. is no longer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's revoked. Right. That, that card has been pulled. Um yeah, I, I thought it was a really good hire by Wisconsin. It is. I, actually... I mean, it's one of those that you you look at what's happened around the Big Ten lately. I mean, obviously we see two teams mm-hmm. here. Um, the, the three players in the Hobie hat trick. Uh, last year, Adam Nightingale going to Michigan State and, and him shaking some things up, and, and you've seen that going into this year in the transfer portal and wherever they've gone and, and – you know, Wisconsin has to keep up. They kind of do, and yeah. and I think they made a move this week, last week, um, to put them in that conversation to keep up. Now, you know, we all thought seven years ago that Tony Granado was going to be a, a sure thing. Didn't turn out. So there's, I think there's a little bit of hesitation of like, okay, let's see what happens on the ice. But everything Boy. we know about Mike Hastings is that. That's that's gonna be a team that's gonna that's gonna come. I'm looking forward to it because he's, he's a fun, great guy. You know, he, he was is. at Minnesota for our year of Vigs and yes, Vigo's here. You're not Tampa yet, Vigs, but you will be here soon. Tomorrow morning. You? Tomorrow morning I'll be in Tampa. So leaving here uh, about six AM. So oh. looking forward to getting there. It's really what warm think, cold here. What do you think about the Hastings uh hire there, Vigs? I think he was the best coach on the market that wasn't at a big, big school. You know, he's yeah. done a lot of really nice things in Mankato. They are in much better shape than when he started coaching there. But you're getting a coach that knows how to recruit, he knows how to develop, and he knows how to retain players. And I think mm-hmm. those have been some of the issues that have been impacting Wisconsin. They've been recruiting kids that come to college too soon. They never really develop to their full potential in college, and they just had that mercenary sense they're getting ready to go to the NHL and they never were winners in college. And that's what you need in Madison. And Mike Hastings makes the big 10 a lot better. There you, I, you can't really say any different than that. No. Yeah. Who, now the question becomes that if he gets it rolling there and it's a great job, right? I mean, you can win there for yes. sure. Um, you know, it's one of the top, what would you rank it? It's a top four or five job in the country probably. Right. Well, in terms of 
the kind of resources, resources money. Say the, the kind of money that yeah. they're paying. Yeah. They're yeah. Seven hundred K base, seven hundred start. Yeah. yeah, there you go. If they get it rolling, they'll get seventeen thousand there, eighteen thousand. Um, so the question becomes: If Michigan State continues to improve, we got Michigan and Minnesota here. Who finishes seventh every year, or who's sixth? Wasn't or, that the question when the Big Ten started? Yeah, somebody's going to have finished. Well, then it was sixth. Yeah, true. Who's going to be the one that finishes sixth? Well, and at first it was Penn, State. Penn State, right? Penn State, exactly. they did once. Once. And they've been good. <laughs> and that the first 10 years of the Big Ten, Penn State finished last once. Well, Viggs, we've been saying for a long time here, we need a good Wisconsin in the Big Ten for it to be successful. And this will definitely do it. Wisconsin's got a lot of talent that's committed there already for Mike Hastings. Mm-hmm. If he just fills in the pieces with some older players who can fill out a depth lineup, they're going to be dangerous pretty quick. All right. Well, and now what happens in Mankato, Todd? I mean, it feels like a job where you're either looking at a USHL head coach getting a, a chance yeah. or a a college assistant who's kind of been hanging around, maybe looking for an opportunity. That The one that comes to mind for me uh, that fits a little bit of both of those is Luke Strand. Okay. He used to be at Wisconsin as an assistant. Now at Ohio State, uh, coached Sioux City in the USHL. Um, he's he's been looking for a head coaching job. I would I would mm-hmm. keep an eye on that. I, I I think he'll he'll want to be involved in it. Yeah. I don't know that it eventually will go to him, but I think he'll he'll be a name that should be in that conversation. And and there's a, a, a few guys that are like that. Yeah, I've heard some people saying Patoni, and I'm like, eh, I think he needs a couple more years up there. Yeah. I, to learn. I mean, bit. it's it's closer to home, but... Yeah, that is kind of up in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that that's enough of a move to, yeah. to warrant making a move, I guess. Not wrong there. Grimmer, what are you guys doing? I know you were down here with Wally yeah. Shaver earlier yeah. doing some of your podcast stuff. So we'll have, uh, I hopefully posting soon, our, uh, I talked to um, to Wally and talked to him about the Gophers in the yeah. season, and Wally's the best, right? Yes. And then talked about the Hobie because he's got some busy, uh, he's delegated a little more of that duty. He has, um, he But has. Um, he's got the busy week here in addition to the, to the play-by-play, which we, of course, hope is two games. Uh, mm-hmm. while he's here. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll be on the podcast, which hopefully goes live, the Go Gopher podcast at Talk North. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got um, Jess Myers also on for a while. Well, Jess is everywhere. We've Jess, had him here uh, multiple times. He's I could, everywhere. Yeah, I could use a mean word to describe him, but it wouldn't be politically correct, you know. But, yeah. He'll, he'll, I kind of like himself, that. I kind of like the way you're thinking. <laughs> he, he makes himself available. Let's just put it that way, if you know what I'm saying. But um, but I think people will enjoy it, uh, talking about, uh, you know, and it's cool. Here we are, you know, sitting here, yeah. set up a couple microphones, just like we are here on yeah. this one, you know. And, you know, poor Grimmer here. They All of a sudden, he's recording some pre-recorded stuff, and boom, yeah. the music goes. He's like, well, so much for uh, that. We were hoping that. They would stop me. You'll hear some work. They're working out there on yeah, the ice and making noise and beeps here and there. But they were blasting music earlier, so that wasn't good. But luckily, you got it done. I did. So tomorrow, you'll hear the Golden Gopher Daily update as yep. well, mm-hmm. which uh, which you got to see the magic happen. Yep. You don't want to see how that sausage is made, do you? It wasn't as <laughs> impressive as you thought. It's... But uh, there you go. So, yeah, luckily no arena music was playing when that was going. Well, I know you have to go, but yeah, I just well, thought it would awesome. be nice yeah, for you to come you. by to and visit with us. I feel like, you know, being on this podcast, you know, it's kind of a, like an arrival here. Well, you know, this is Start seeing you more at the arena. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it watches you in the superstar. It does, really. doesn't it? Oh. No, no question. No question. No question. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank and you. Live We're, production here. Live production. I'm going to hand the mic, and then, and then the real hockey talk can start. Once, well, I, I wouldn't call it real hockey. Once I get out here. We appreciate you coming on, man. Sounds good. See ya. All right. Yep, Todd. What a five-tool player that Mike Grimm is becoming. You know, just adding another another tool to his arsenal. Yep. Glad to have him on board. So, Viggs, what's going on back in the city? Is you about ready to come down here? I'm about ready to come down. Uh, I, it's getting cold. You were camping here. yesterday with, with uh, Fallness, weren't you? Yep. Uh, I think with all the people traveling, they went down to AAA. They called me mm-hmm. up. You know, I, I pitch hit for uh, the 6 o'clock hour and then talked a little college hockey with them cover a lot of topics so it was fun to be on with fullness you know he he, he said that you take too many shots at him just like everybody well, else everybody takes shots with him but you know and and i love that he called me out on it because <laughs> that's just the fun we have it's kind of good nature ribbing. at least i hope it's good nature ribbing with fullness 
what he is he does he I, I think he was okay i mean he invited okay. me <laughs> so I, I, think we're, I think we're good there uh i think there's a size seven is my compensation eventually coming from fallness for coming on the show so i'm looking forward to that um todd you know we know that uh wisconsin your newspaper kind of took you off the beat mm-hmm. but i tell you we were watching those regionals that first night and the Big Ten just blew up. Yep. And then all of a sudden you came through and you wrote a nice article about the stats <laughs> and how this is just kind of really out yeah. of line. So for one thing, it was just like, oh, my God, it's like Todd's back here. And then I found out you're coming here. So, yep. it's nice to have you back and actually back on the podcast because you got to stay up there on so many times. I missed been on the one. show. I, I, you did miss one. I, I felt really bad because you asked if, if I if, – when – I think you were in Nebraska. I was at, well, there was a week where I was going to Nebraska, but I was at, there was a game at Penn State, men's basketball. Okay. Played at Penn State. And it was, it was an eight o'clock, or it was a nine o'clock Eastern start. So if it had started earlier, I totally would have gotten done and jumped on, at least for overtime. Yep. Um, But yeah, I was working until well past you guys were done that night. And that, yeah. But I mean, not only felt bad because I missed that, but I also missed the, Board the series. series at the goal center. Well, I was sitting there as a fan. First and I, time in forever. As yeah. the puck was dropped, I took a picture. I wasn't up as high as you, but I yes. tried. I'm like, in, in I, honor of Mr. I Molesky. did appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. Since you um, weren't there. Um, and now we're down here in Florida. It's gorgeous down, pe- down here, people. I don't know why you're not here. Um, Viggs, I think this is a great frozen floor. I mean, you've got kind of, you've know, got Quinnipiac, who's been really strong these last seven to 10 years, really moving up. And this is her second time in Tampa. You've got Michigan, Powerhouse, Boston University, Powerhouse, Minnesota, Powerhouse. This is going to be a good Frozen Four. Yeah, I think when you look at the college brackets, you sometimes hope that you get the chalk finished so you get to see the teams that have played the best during the regular season mm-hmm. play it out at the end of the Frozen Four. For whatever reason, it's kind of rarely happened in college hockey, there's usually a couple upsets where, where teams fall, but I think this year, for whatever reason, the top teams are really the top teams. Yes. I mean, you look at how Minnesota finished ahead of everybody in the Big Ten. Uh, you look at Quinnipiac, they finished way ahead. Uh, BU was great in Hockey East, and then Michigan is just probably one of the most talented teams in the country. So when you put these four into the end of the season tournament, it's going to be just outstanding hockey for everybody. And I think one of the things about this Frozen Four that's great is all the teams have a lot of talent in their yeah. offensive players. You know, I think Quinnipiac maybe is the most defensive of the four, mm-hmm. but they still have been known to put up some scoring. So it, it should be great hockey for the fans. Todd, what have you been writing about? What have you been looking at? Or what was your kind of whole thought process is coming down here to cover this? Well, I've been coming down here as – part of USHO for now. I think this is 20, 24th in a row. Nice. So um, there was never a question whether I was going to be here. Okay, okay. Uh, if in the – I guess if basketball would have well, gone no, I, no, we, we planned this out because basketball ended Monday, right? Okay. I, the, I mean, that was the national yep. championship game. So even if they – in the strange world of yes. possibilities where men's – Badger's men's basketball would have still been playing into Monday – Hop a flight from Houston to Tampa okay. to be here. It wasn't going to happen, but if it was going to happen, <laughs> I was going to be here anyway. Um, but I, w- I was just thinking when, when Viggs was talking about it and you were talking about the, uh, the quality of the field, I mean, this is always what we hope for at this level. True. We don't always get it. True. And, and we don't always get the games that we hope for either. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember last year, the, the Michigan Denver game, I think delivered mm-hmm. what, what we thought that should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not necessarily from the Michigan standpoint where, you know, some of their best players weren't that good mm-hmm. that semifinal game. And that's one of the reasons why they ended up in overtime and losing, but <laughs> um, you, you just hope that you, you see the best of the teams. Yeah. When you get around to this point, because yep. this is when, you know, you get into buildings like this, you get into NHL buildings, this is when you should be putting your your best product out mm-hmm. there. You know, we know it's the, the TV ratings haven't been great for 
for the Frozen Four over yeah, the years. Well, they've also stopped putting the final game on the main network yeah, as well. I don't know how much that that means in reality, though, because ESPN, ESPN two, both go to the same number of houses. Pretty much, it's, yes. It's, it's, you don't get one without the other. Anymore. Correct. Um, if, if you're talking like FS one, FS two, yeah, Ooh, that'd you, you be, that'd be a bit, yeah, uh, and yeah. something like that. But uh, I don't take that as the slight that I know some people. Still mm-hmm. do that. It's, it's on ESPN two, and you know, ESPN two used to be the the alternate channel, the deuce, right? The, sort of. The, now uh, it's news. You shuttle and everything you, off. Yeah. I mean, the, we should be glad it's not on you because right. That's almost right up the alley for it. I mean, there, obviously, a lot of the the regional games were on you, and there were news years and twice so, right when two. I think the semifinals were on ESPN U. At, at least one year, I remember, and that that was a that's a big, that was yeah. a problem because yes. not everyone gets that channel. Um, but yeah, I just have my fingers crossed that these games turn out to be, uh, the, the good ones that we think they're going to be because yeah, it I doesn't so. always happen that way. No, it doesn't. We've, we've set up, you know, we've put some games up here. It's like, this is going to be awesome. And they've turned out to be duds. And, uh, <laughs> well, Viggs, how about this Quinnipiac Michigan game tomorrow night? Excuse me. They have to wait for the Gophers and BU to finish. It's a little fluid on the time. I actually think you know people complain about some of the timing. I love that we're playing the early game, mm-hmm. but Quinnipiac probably is a a good team, or at least a team that can stop Michigan, can't they? Yeah, I think so. You know, obviously Quinnipiac has Peretz in goal, and yeah. he has been a high, high level goaltender for Quinnipiac for a long time. He's got a lot of experience. I don't know if he's going to see the quality of shots that he's going to see against Michigan and whoever they would play in the final, if they get to the final, I think that's a very different situation for a goaltender. You know, it's one of the reasons why I was always a little skeptical of how good Dryden McKay was because for much of his career, he saw teams that couldn't get good scoring chances against him. I think Peretz is kind of in that same environment where he's a little sheltered and has great numbers. You know, I've, I've heard, uh, Ram Pecknold talk about how, well, he's a great goalie. He does a great job with what he sees. You know, he's only going to get 20 shots a game. Well, he stops 19 of them or 18 of them. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a tougher test for him against Michigan. And I think that's the biggest question mark for me going into this game. Because last year when Quinnipiac was in the regionals, I think they got blitzed <laughs> by Western Michigan, maybe. I like I like seven right or eight goals. And that was a high-powered Western Michigan team. So, I think now going up against Michigan, that's something uh, Quinnipiac doesn't see very often. Well, well Quinnipiac last year was uh, played Michigan in the regional final, and that, and got the, the doors blown off. <laughs> but yeah. it, I think it was five to one at one point, and and Quinnipiac came back to make it five four. If I'm remembering right, I think you're right. And then yeah, there was yeah. the whole thing where Portillo had the pad issue. Oh. Oh, and went over yes. to the bench after the yes. fourth goal, I think it was. And uh-huh. and uh, this season, the, a rule went into the book about uh, uh, avoiding those <laughs> kind of things. Uh, basically, out of that situation, uh, Michigan kind of turned it around after that and, and won. But, but yeah, it, it's we don't know whether Quinnipiac can play with that style. So mm-hmm. they have to do everything they can to avoid letting the game go with that style. Viggs, one thing Michigan has done in this postseason at the end of the season as well is, uh, and I think Cappy was even talking on Big Ten Network earlier this week, they've become much more disciplined. Their penalty minutes have been cut in half or even lower. So they have really played that game that actually Cappy has been talking about. Their inconsistency has been because of this discipline area, and they're doing much better right now. Yeah, I think that was the biggest surprise in the Big Ten Championship is how yes. disciplined Michigan played. And it's not just penalties, too. It's playing above the puck. Yes. And that was always something about Michigan the last few years that you've noticed, and you kind of say that's holding them back, is they don't pay enough attention to that, and they get into that racehorse hockey. And I think that's something we've seen Minnesota get better at, mm-hmm. or Bob Otsko. And we've seen the Gophers actually be the team lately that's been taking more penalties than their opponents. So a little bit of that issue is popping up for them. But for Michigan, when they cut down the penalties, you know, they're able to play with a little bit more continuity and they've been tough down the stretch. I think they've only got four losses since yes. the, the break. That's pretty impressive for that group. I mean, they're the youngest team in the country. 
Minnesota's right behind them as the second youngest. So something to watch there. Definitely something to watch. Who do you like in that game? I still like Michigan. Yep. I don't. I think they can. They can. They don't want to get behind though. If they have, no, a, right, if they have a bad right. start, they could be in trouble. But absolutely, we, I don't think they will. <laughs> I, I don't think they will either. But I, I go back to that game last year where we saw Michigan's big players. You know, I don't know if it was you know the situation, the the spotlight, mm-hmm. whatever, did not happen. And so if that happens again, <laughs> boy, I, I, I don't know if they overcome a one nothing to one deficit uh, if, if it gets in a third period like that, because that's not the kind of game they want to play. They, they did against Penn State. They yes. played it. They did it pretty yes. well, but it's not what they want to do. And when you get in the situation where it's, you know, you're, you're in these spotlight games, um, yeah. I think that changes some of the mentality. Viggs, I like Michigan as well, but I do think this is a frozen four where it, nobody would be surprised if Quinnipiac wins, and actually nobody would be surprised if Boston University wins. It's it's a really good field, so yes, we have our favorites and whatnot, but that's what we love about this sport. Anything can really happen, so where are you leaning on this game? I'm leaning towards Michigan. You know, the Big Ten has been so strong this year, and I think Quinnipiac hasn't seen that kind of schedule. And it's always kind of a shock, I think, for teams when they see the kind of pace that the elite elite teams can have, especially in transition yeah. offensively. And it can take an adjustment period. And Michigan's shown they've got guys who can score. And I think there's going to be enough space for them early to get an early lead, and, and it could get away from Quinnipiac. Wow. So you got Michigan on one side. Um, we'll get to Minnesota in a minute, but Beast, um, are you going to be playing some golf on Friday? That's right. Uh, nice. Teeing it up that. with John King. Uh, we, we found nice. a course to, to get to. So it's uh, a little bit wow. out of town, but not too far. So that'll be a, a fun Friday morning. For it's not the in the Palm Harbor area because that's where I'll be. You're not going to be over there, are you? I'm not exactly up to speed on my <laughs> Florida geography yet. I'm still in Minnesota. I've seen it on the Google, uh, but we'll see. It should be a blast, though. I'm looking forward to it a lot. All right, Viggs, Minnesota, Boston University, legendary teams meeting at the Frozen Four. Early game. I love that it's the early game. I think the players love it's the early game. The coaches love it's the early game. Some of the fans didn't. But Viggs, here we go. Here we go. And in honor of talking about Look the hometown at team. We're looking off our side here to the monitor. <laughs> it's an old Bourbon County from 2011. So it's been sitting down waiting for the right moment. I think this is the right moment. I mean, to see the season this team's had, regardless of what happens tomorrow late afternoon, uh, it's a joy. So cheers. Beer of the week. A little earlier than usual. Yeah, we're not doing overtime tonight because they're going to be kicking us out of here because, you know, we're only open for so long. So nice beer of the week, Viggs. Nice way to be prepared for that. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's it's one of my priorities for the week is, you know, I started thinking on uh, Thursday morning. I was like, well, what am I going to open next week? So I had to figure this one out. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to this game. I watched some of the BU games from the regional that Cappy was commentating mm-hmm. on. And it's an impressive team. They've got a good combination of big players, physical guys, and they've got some smaller skill guys. And they've got great goaltending. I think one of the issues, I think, for Boston University is that they've played uh, their top D, Hudson, 30 minutes a night a lot of the year. And he's not exactly a big defenseman. So if they try to do that against Minnesota, I'm – I'm interested to see how that's going to play out because Minnesota has figured out how to play heavy chip pucks behind the D put lots of pressure on the defense on puck retrievals. And that's going to add up over a long night. What are you thinking? You've been down here. You saw all the media. I saw some practices today. What are your thoughts? I'm thinking that I don't know that there's, well, the one thing that stood out, I wanted to mention this before I forgot it. I thought I heard Bob Motzko say in his press conference that BU is the team to beat in the tournament. 
Now, we've seen this before, right? Where <laughs> coaches try to deflect it. We're the top overall seed. No, no, they're yeah. the favorite. Please, someone else take this from us. The pressure's all on us. That's so easier for them. So, I, I, I thought that was an interesting take. I mean, obviously, there's a lot. That's of, so Bob. That's yeah, so absolutely. Bob. There's obviously a lot of respect for, for what BU has and Correct. the talent they put out there. I mean, Hudson, his brother, uh, the Hudson brothers. Um, it, Fensori, I think, is a really good player. Um, it, it's it comes down to me to be a a um, I think your top end versus Minnesota's top end versus BU's top end. Minnesota should win that matchup, mm-hmm. and I think that's enough to get them through. I don't think this is one that's going to be a like a runaway kind of, you know, four yeah. goal lead in the first period kind of game. This is going to be one you're going to have to earn in the third. But I, I feel like Minnesota's top players are, are enough to do that against BU's top players. And, and Biggs, you know, you talk about Hudson and he's playing, what did you say, 30 minutes a game uh, recently. Um, don't they only play 5D as well? Yeah, I mean, part? I mean, they're a very top-heavy team on how they develop their ice time and portion it out. And but you can do that a little more in the NCAA playoffs because of the timeouts Ooh. and the TV time. And so it's a little little easier. But obviously in Minnesota, they played seven defensemen for a majority of the season. Obviously, barring some injuries the last month or so, they went down to six and Fish came in and played and played great. So Minnesota's depth there is pretty nice. But, you know, Boston could, you know, in a one-game thing with those long TV timeouts – that might be an area that they might not be penalized as much against. It's not going to be as big of a factor as it would be every weekend, but I do think it's just something to watch. You know, Matthew Nye's played his almost season high in the regional playing 23 minutes the other weekend. And that's a lot for a forward. So for Dita to go over 30 minutes, you know, Brock Faber did that a lot last year, but he's a bigger player he's able to handle contact better so if you're going to play those heavy minutes and you're going to handle all the contact i think it's going to be a struggle okay well i like it then i like it well what are your thoughts on the actual game what okay what what does boston university need to do to be successful well i think they've got to hold on to the puck when they're out there against the cooley dines stuggerud line and make them play defense and play keep away and i've seen bu do that playing on the perimeter you know, trading pucks with scissors plays and, and rotating players through the zone to maintain possession of the puck. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to do that against Minnesota, I think. And and the key for them is when they do get transition chances, they need to commit and go. And their D, even if they're fatigued, they've got to jump into the rush and make those four-on-three type chances mm-hmm. and try to outman the Gophers to the net. Because I think that's one thing the Gophers have gotten in trouble sometimes is in transition they don't pick up the man all the way to the net. Mm-hmm. So I think for BU to be in this game, that's something they have to take advantage of. And then when they get power play opportunities, I think they've got to make sure they win the faceoff and get Minnesota in a tough situation because Minnesota's really only played four forward penalty killers down the stretch mm-hmm. here. So I think that's something for BU where they really got to capitalize when they get those chances. Todd, Mr. Nyes, yes. last couple weeks, being zil, zilch on the points. He, he was a fact. He was, you know, the Lacombe goal uh-huh. and, and uh, you know, to get them up three one right. in the regional was good. Uh, Viggs, you'd said he would been fighting some illnesses, but he's had a couple, he, like a series of them. Yeah, it's not just one. If he wakes up, it could be a totally different team because he basically, you know, you're on a line that's the biggest line in the country right. and nothing for the entire regional. And that's that's someone who. It's a difference maker, and if all of a sudden he gets a couple of points in the first period, it's like off, it, it could be go. game over in right. that, in that instance. Yes, it, it feels like that's the the thing that you know if that if Cooley gets one, if Nyes gets one, if Snuggerud gets something like that happens mm-hmm. early, it's like BU starts to think, oh, here these guys go, mm-hmm. and, and and so that to me is a a sign to look for is that if 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 that line if Minnesota's big guys get something done early that could make it a long night for people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a uh, 
what you've got to hope those guys do. Maybe it's not a goal. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't they don't score right away. But if they have a a shift where they're they pin BU down for forty five seconds in their end, something like that, um, I think that's a good sign for Minnesota because, I mean, we know that there's going to be you know the the waves of, of yeah the, the groups are going to come in waves. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that that big one does it and sets the tone, I think that's that's going to make a difference. Viggs, um, this is the time of year when other players tend to step up. You've got Mr. Brodzinski had four goals. I guess he probably kind of made up for Nye's scoring in the regional. Um, but this is all, the time when senior upperclassmen, it's time for them to lead. Yeah, and I think that line of Nelson, Nevers, and Brodzinski has been a leading line for Minnesota. And they've played possession hockey. They've played smart hockey. They win a lot of faceoffs. They they grind on the other teams. And Bryce is the recipient of that he solid was. play. You know, he knows where to be. You know, on, on some of his goals, if he's too tight to the net, he doesn't have a time to shoot because there can be a player who can get to him and block the shot or, or get in mm-hmm. his way or play the body. He knows how to find the right spaces. And I think when you play with guys like Nevers and Nelson, they create space for you. And Bryce is really starting to find his groove there. And I think that is a little bit of the chemistry thing and just comfortable. And those guys have talked all season about how they're all friends off the rink so they can be really hard on each other on the bench. And nobody they are. Yes. <laughs> it's like nobody has hard feelings because they can vocalize to each other what they're expecting and what they want. And that's a maturity that I think is really important for Minnesota. It's really foggy in here, by the way. You guys look great. Well, that's okay. They just they just jacked up all the lights on us. So, but it's it's like there's literally yeah, it's a haze, like a haze yeah. like a fog in something here. Something with a, a light show or something <laughs> that they're setting up. Yeah. Oh, they they got lasers and everything ready to go for tomorrow. Or it's it's going to be fun. So, I'm thinking you're picking Minnesota, but why Minnesota Vegas? What, um. What's something that you you would like to see happen that we're not thinking about? Maybe, maybe a Hugland has a big night or something like that. What's well, the, it's what's, possible that you know yeah. Hugland and Pitlick have been showing a lot of good connections together. You know, at the start of the season, you know Pitlick was put with Cooley and Suggerud for a while, thinking that three really high energy, high skill guys would fit well together. And that ended up not being the case. They they needed a Matthew Nyes to play with, I think, to really mm-hmm. unlock their potential because it's that big yeah. body. Now when you put Pitlick with Huglin, Huglin isn't a big, big body, but he plays big. And having a player like Pitlick on his line gives him someone to, to win pucks and get pucks to that I think is really dangerous. And then you figure out, you know, is Brody Lamb going to be on that line or is there going to be Connor Kurth? You know, those are guys who can play some energy. So I think that line could be really important for Minnesota in this series, especially because I think they're going to rely on their depth and maybe not four lines of depth, but probably three lines of depth against BU and whoever they would face down the line. I missed the media availability earlier in the practice. Do we know anything about Kurth? Did you hear anything? I did not hear that. Um, Biggs, you ever heard anything about Kurth? It's, it's been a little Kurth, quiet. Kurth skated. Now, but of course, was I wasn't there either. Who's yeah. out there? If it's a high ankle sprain, like some people have hypothesized, you know, you have yeah. a lower body injury, you have a skate that's locked in that boot, you go into the wall, it bends your ankle higher up than most people are used to. I actually oh. had a high ankle sprain in high school, and it set me back for about six weeks. Oh, and yes, sucks. you can go out there and skate, and yes, you can go out and do some things and stick handle and shoot, but you're not going to be as explosive as you want to mm-hmm. be. So maybe this is just show, you know, Bob's lied to us before about, you know, or <laughs> joke to us. I've got the clip of Bob talking about BU being the favorite. We'll get to that in a second. I can oh. show that to everybody because okay. I wasn't there either. And they just uploaded these to the press box. Okay. So, so I can see it for the first time with you. But I, I would be surprised if they would put him in the lineup, especially with BU. Mm-hmm. They're a pretty speedy team, and and whoever they place in the final, it's going to be a high-intensity game. That's probably an unfair environment to put him into. So, yes, he's on the ice. Yes, he's skating. But I wasn't there to see how effective he was. 
All right, Todd, what are your thoughts on the game? Who do you like? Because you're more of a I'd, neutral yeah, I'd, I'd person. Pick, I'd pick the Gophers way back when I picked my bracket. Um, and I, I'm not changing it now because I, I, I think they're the best team here. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's just the, 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 the way I, I've looked at it. I don't know that that, of course, means anything when you get into a one-game thing, mm-hmm. right? What you've done for six months and 40-whatever games, <laughs> thrown out the window. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, one thing we haven't talked about is goaltending, too. It's a pretty good, on, on both sides, uh, it's a couple of pretty good uh, guys in goal with experience with, um, and, you know, who knew we were going to be saying that about Justin Close <laughs> last year. But, Very true. Um, with Frozen 4 experience, uh, Comesso is a, a really well thought of goalie. I mean, right? I mean, they've won eight straight games nine, as well. Yeah, nine, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's got two shutouts in there and like a 938 same percentage in the mm-hmm. last night. So, I mean, he's holding, holding up his end of the bargain, too. Um, I, I, I always think of these, these games as being at least more about goaltending than normal. Okay. And, and, and I don't know that that's going to be the case this year because of all of the the offensive firepower that's out there. Mm-hmm. So I don't. It might the goalie battle might be a wash anyway. Honestly, um, I I I still like the Gophers because of the top end guys mm-hmm. being, like I said before, a little at least a little bit better than the top end guys that BU can throw on. And maybe the depth makes a difference. I don't know. Maybe BU being a more veteran team yeah. in terms of you know games played in college means something. But at this point in the season, I don't. I really don't think so. I, I don't think you you get into this this situation without having you know you just throw out the fact that you've got freshmen. Yeah, they're seniors. not really freshmen. I just, yeah. I just don't feel like that's a that's much of a thing anymore at this point of the year. So. So you got Minnesota. I, I'm, of course, taking Minnesota because that's what we're here for. We're here to have fun. Um, I think this could be the the Logan Cooley even more of a breakout, Viggs. Um, he's just been getting better and better. It was he's, Is it 13 or 14 straight games with a point? He's getting hot when you need him to. And then all of a sudden, he's got alignment there. It's gone a little quiet. If Nice does anything, I think they're going to be very difficult to stop. So I'm putting them through. To the championship game. I'm guessing you are too. Yep, I'm putting them through as well. And the one thing about Nyes is I'm trying to get uh, some information from the Gopher athletic staff about their uh, advanced stats. But while he doesn't have any points necessarily in the score sheet, he is contributing to the goals that they're scoring. Yes. It's not like he's just... His physical presence has been there, yeah. His physical presence is there, creating screens, winning pucks, applying pressure, extending zone time, those things haven't disappeared. Maybe his his touch around the net just hasn't been there because his yeah. line mates are scoring on their shots and there's no rebounds there to be had. But I, I don't think Nice is playing poorly, just not as a high level as maybe some people would expect because that line is still going. But I've got Minnesota. But let's, uh, let's go to Bob and from the availability right. today, see what he had to say. See if I can figure this out. <laughs> oh my gosh do you need some help there babes i have to update it... i have to update my system preferences somehow yeah yeah was it audio or is it uh yeah it's the video from the oh the video did you... i don't see the video uploaded so live programming here folks this is how it is yeah. maybe we can get to it at the end i'll see what i can do well we've made our picks um do you have a Hobie vote? I don't this year. But you have in the past. I have in the past. Who would you have voted for? I think Fantilli. I think he's going to win myself. I but. think he's going to win. Um, and, you know, I only got to saw, see him really on TV this year. Uh, but to me, there wasn't someone who... had as much of a presence as he did for his team mm-hmm. and, and just could change um, 
the way a game was going just by being out there. Yep. And, and maybe not even scoring. Maybe it's, you know, just by getting out there, getting a shot, keeping the puck in the other end, and mm-hmm. maybe they scored two shifts later. Um, I, I don't think there was someone on his level this year. I don't there's, have a problem with that at all. Some I, think you're right. I think there are some people close. Mr. Cooley was close. Yes. Um, yes. And and it could be even a thing, Viggs, where, yeah, give it to Fantilli, and then you get a Michigan Minnesota final, and maybe the maybe the Minnesota boys are a little ticked off. <laughs> it could be. I, I mean, I definitely think that they got the right three for the hat trick. And well, I think nines yeah. would be my pick. I was surprised Minnesota got two, to be honest. I was surprised, but I think when you're the number one team at the start of the season, you're the number one team at the end of the season, you played the second toughest strength of schedule and you Mm -hmm. won your league, which has nine of the top 10 teams in strength of the schedule. And you Mm -hmm. won your league by basically six and a third games. That means you must have some pretty good players on your team. And I think Minnesota has intentionally spread out some of the scoring opportunities among their players mm-hmm. and ice time and power play time and penalty kill time to maybe hold back some of their stats. Whereas I think a team like Michigan, they are nowhere close to where they are right now. If they don't have Fantilli, he yeah. is their everything. He generates a lot of scoring chances and it's a lot of it by himself. I know they have Luke Hughes on that team. He has maybe had a bit of a step back from his, freshman yeah. year he's not as good or consistent and takes a lot of chances yeah. and i think that's the difference and if you looked at the scoring chances given up by fantilli and michigan it's a lot higher than the chances that cooley and nyes are giving up who's your pick to win it though <laughs> uh it's really hard to know not being on the committee and hearing the discussion yeah i would imagine fantilli wins it just because so many people who vote for these awards do it on stats. I heard yeah. Brad Lossman say it's a statistical award. I think those <laughs> statistics are difficult when you have these different schedules and these different ice time allocations among all the players. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard for me to compare stats for these teams. I mean, yeah. Brock Faber, if he played 30 minutes a night and played all the power play time, who's to say he isn't the highest scoring defenseman in college hockey? But or they take Lacombe. away that ice yeah. time and they give it to Lacombe. You know, they play seven defensemen. So all those defensemen have lower stats individually. Coming into this tournament as a group, they're the highest scoring decor, and they've got to be one of the highest scoring decors in the country, but they divide it up. Well, just look at Hudson out of Boston University. How much ice time he gets, Viggs. I mean, he played 30 minutes, but I'm guessing he's been averaging probably 20 to 25 minutes, hasn't he? I mean, that helps with points, especially if you're an offensive guy. Yeah, it definitely helps with the points. You know, I so think you think Ventilli? The... I think Ventilli as well. Obviously, we'd prefer a Minnesota choice. That would be great. I actually had Rob Stauber, former Gopher goalie who won the Hobie Baker, sitting in front of me with his family on our flight down. So a lot of uh, big wigs kind of coming down for this one, Viggs. I mean, I Stauber and you had Mick, uh, uh, Louis Mayasich. Nanny is down here with Mayasich and, and Jim Boo. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Jordan Boo. Leopold's coming out. A lot of alumni yeah. are going to be around, and they're going to be at a lot of the Gopher fan events too. Yes. So if you're a Gopher fan, you're in Tampa, or if you're a college hockey fan, you're in Tampa. If you mm-hmm. go to the Gopher events, you're going to see a lot of their alums you know, from that 2002-2003 era in Tampa. They're just as excited to get out of the cold weather in Minnesota as you are. <laughs> yeah, it didn't need much of an excuse, right? But... <laughs> I, would, I would agree. It's, it is very nice down here, and it's been, it's been a fun time. You think you got that video, Vase, or not? You know, it's uh, more complicated than I thought to share my screen. So, oh, you, you could have just uploaded to video clips too. It's a five point seven gigabyte file. Maybe not. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all uh, good because the NCAA wants to put a high quality file out there. So. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. So, final thoughts: We've got Michigan. We got Minnesota. That would make for a fun championship game, Todd. You know what? And I think anybody making it would be fun because so this is a fun field it, with right. all the four teams. And I mean, I 
I try not to get into when I'm making my bracket before yeah. the tournament starts, get into what I want to see. But I feel like <laughs> I probably kind of did because I had Minnesota, Michigan. Oh. And it's who says no to seeing that for the national championship game, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe five other conferences do. But, true. True. Um, for us out in the, in the Midwest and Big Ten country, that's as good as it's going to get. And, and if it comes up, we just hope that it, it matches the hype because yeah, there will be a lot of hype for uh, Minnesota, Michigan, if it turns out to be that way. Given not just, you know, they were one, two in the conference and everything, given the games that they played, oh, the yeah. substantial games they played, the Big Ten championships the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but not I mean, facing each other in the tournament where it's do or die right, now. Right. And, and you know, the, the strange thing is if, if that's what it ended up being, you know, the atmosphere at Mariucci in those two oh. championship games – it, it won't be anything like that here because this is so much bigger. This so much, it, it won't so be much quite more. The, same, the crowd no. is is neutral, or you know, just kind of. Uh, here for the, Todd, I I feel but, like it's going to be quite the crowd from Minnesota really? in Amelie, just based on just the social media. It could be a lot like Fargo, where it mm. felt like there were a lot of Minnesota fans there who bought up tickets and made the investment to go. You know, Bob has said all year he's like. Gopher fans just need a reason to come back. They've always been there. Yes. It looks like they're back. There's a lot of people who paid big money for tickets in Fargo. I think you have the same thing happening with people going to Tampa. Yeah. I mean, Fargo, you could drive through a lot easier than yes. Tampa. But That's what I did. Uh, I drove up that Saturday yeah. morning for it. Well, you had Sun Country adding like three or four additional flights to get fans there. So that's, that's like awesome. an additional that, five yeah. or 600 people on top of what was expected. Right? Yep. Yep, and um, uh, a, a generous person sent me a message Wednesday night. I've got a center ice ticket, section one seventeen, about twenty rows up. Do you want it for free? I'm like, yes. So huh. my girlfriend Barb, who came down with us, is going to be able to go to the game and have some really great seats. So this person was more than generous. Wow. To I mean, that's right. That's some great seats right down there. I was sitting down there for practice. I know. And I was like, yeah, that's, uh, that would be a good place to watch. So she'll be able to come and enjoy the games. And then if they make it for Saturday, we're going to get the family that lives down here are going to get tickets and come to that. And they're going to learn about some college hockey, too, because they're big, actually, Lightning fans. So I mean, it, it would be great, having been to a lot of these, it would be great to have an atmosphere like that in a building like this because that's the thing that sometimes feels like it's missing i mean this the only thing would be different if it was in detroit or if it was well, in many uh, right. st paul because that you expect it right oh yes. it's, yeah it's it's those are the areas where are it's natural here you don't have the natural local uh, college hockey connections right and so it's felt like so it was well Last time I was here was North Dakota, so obviously there was there was a lot of plenty of North, North Dakota, Dakota fans. fans. Yes, so that made for an atmosphere. But in in 2012, it was it was okay. BC and Minnesota Fair State Fair in State. the championship game. Yeah, and I don't that remember wasn't... that one feeling like there was much of anything in, in the no. bowl here. It, um, it was pretty tame for and for a championship game, you want there to be, you know, yes. some kind of atmosphere, some kind of. You know, just anticipation in the building and people ready to get out of their seats. And um, I mean, I remember both of those games pretty well, but I don't remember it for you know necessarily. Yeah. What it felt like in the building. Yeah. It's going to be fun, Vegas, and we're looking forward to you coming down tomorrow. I can't wait to be there. It should oh. be. It should be an outstanding weekend. I'm, I've been looking forward to it for a while now. So I'm just I'm just glad that they got here and. Glad mm-hmm. to see all the people in college hockey congregating in Tampa. I am jealous of all the things that have already been happening. Yes. Can't wait to join it. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're hoping to do a post-game broadcast, probably not from up here, down down in the bowels somewhere. We'll try to do something. It might be noisy, but... It's kind of noisy down there. Yeah, yeah. but you know, uh, you know, a five, ten-minute quick thing that Viggs and I will probably do, we'll try to do that after the game. On uh, tomorrow, after you know, probably while the other game's going on, and uh, we'll have to see. But uh, Biggs, what do you think? This live thing it worked out pretty well. You could hear us okay, and we looked okay. I hope the lighting's not the greatest, but uh, worked out pretty well. Worked out great. Thanks for setting it up, and I hope everybody does well. Well, 
then that's going to do it. Thank you, Todd. So great to have you on again. Good to be on. Been on more than anyone else on this podcast. We're always grateful to have you on. That's scary that I've been on more than anyone. Well, once we found you, we had our Badger guy. Yeah, but we don't need you anymore. Todd, you're pretty good. You're a pretty good guest. I was going to say, I don't know that that does oh, much for me here. But. Some Twitter people blew up the other day. What do you have in Wisconsin? I'm like, it has nothing to do with Wisconsin hockey. It has to do with you're down here covering the entire scene. And Todd's I, a true journalist. If I was here covering Wisconsin hockey, I wouldn't have been here very much in those <laughs> 24 tournaments. What do you mean? I've this is hosted by at. Wisconsin. They're, yeah, they're right there on the boards. Yeah, hosted by the Motion <laughs> W right there by the blue line. Um, yeah, there is a little W down there, isn't there? Wow. There used to be. And last time, before they started putting the logos, the team logos on the ice, the, the hosts used to get their logo on the ice. <laughs> The last time around made people like, why is Wisconsin's logo? Because this is 2016. I think when, Robert Morris had it once even or something like something Yes, small in, in Pittsburgh, yeah, yeah, Robert Morris. And uh, there was once, there was Navy, the D.C. in 09. Wow. The Navy logo, I believe, was on the ice, even though they obviously have no Division One hockey team. Any other final thoughts, Viggs? Everybody, just try to have fun. This is yes. a fun part of the year. Don't get stressed. Just enjoy it. All right. And, and think about the the talent we're going to see. I mean, this We always think, like, well, this Frozen Four is going to have the most talent ever. This is, this is going to be pretty good, good. for guys that are going to the be. NHL out of this, uh, maybe directly out of this uh, <laughs> uh, event in the next few days. Well, we'll hope to catch you after the game on Thursday evening. Uh, but other than that, we're good to go here. Done live from Amelie Arena in Tampa Bay. We'll see you after the game Thursday or else the closing episode next Wednesday night. So thanks for joining us. Good night, folks.